Hey, this is Rich Wilkerson. I'm the pastor of VU Church in Miami, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Well, we are so, so thankful that we could join together. I'm so thankful for the faithfulness of God. I'm so thankful that we have an opportunity really to end this collection of talks. It has been the longest collection that we've ever had. We've gone 10 weeks talking about day by day. What do you do when you don't know what to do? You do your habits. And we've really been taking a moment to talk about our habits and to talk about these different things. And really as this collection of talks comes to a close, I want to take a moment really to talk about who we're becoming. Because oftentimes we look at doing the right things, but I think we need to do the right things and we need to couple with that with being the right person. So that as we're working through our habits, who am I becoming as these habits are shaping me and forming me? And so we're going to take a moment to talk about that today, but I just want to thank our incredible pastors, Pastor Rich in DC. Come on, how many people love your pastors, I think just the way that you both have led us in this season and the way that you have leaned in, I am so, so thankful for your voice. I'm so thankful for your prayers, who you are. Our lives are changed because of this community. Our lives are changed because of your yes. I can't believe we're about to turn five years old. And it has been five years really of just me learning and growing and being a part of this community. And thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on, if you love Pastor Rich, if you love Pastor DC, why don't we give it up for them in the chat? But we're going to pray and really just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. God, we thank you so much for your word, God. We thank you so much for moving and, and speaking, Jesus. And we pray, Lord Father, that your words, Lord God, would transcend, Lord, this place right here. And it would enter into the different rooms, Zoom, Facebook, YouTube, God, wherever people are listening to this message, God, that they wouldn't hear my words, but they would hear your words in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, type amen in the chat. Amen. And listen, it's so funny because type amen in the chat is the new turn to your neighbor. We can't turn to our neighbors anymore, so you just type. I see those amens going in the chat, but I can't hardly believe that we are in the month of September. Like, how did we get to September? I remember January, I remember February, March and April just kind of sped by. We might have had a May, I'm not sure, debatable, I don't know. Then we had June. July was the longest month. July was about two months long. And then April, August, it just like, I don't know, just a blink of an eye. And, and here we are in September. But here in September, we're stepping into a new season. And for those of us who live in Miami, I just want to teach you for a second. There's this thing in other parts of the world, it's called seasons, right? <laughs> take, take some notes. You've got summer, you've got spring, you've got fall, you've got winter. I know it's really foreign to us. We have seasons here in Miami, but we have four of them. We have hot, we have really hot, we have rainy, and then we have that one a week in December where it's 60 degrees. That's our four seasons. But in other parts of the world, we're stepping into a new season. We're stepping into this fall season. I was at the store the other day and saw all this fall decor. But I, like, we really just have to understand we're four months away from the new year. Like, it just boggles my mind that we're four months away from the new year. And as we're stepping into this new season, I was thinking about that song. Who remembers that old school Israel Houghton song? It's a new season. It's a new day. Fresh anointing is flowing my way. Sing it, Pastor Rich. It's a season of power. 
and prosperity. It's a new season coming to me. I, I love that song because it's speaking into our new season. It's this prophetic declaration that as I'm stepping into a new season, there's going to be new revelation. There's going to be new power. There, there's going to be something fresh in this new season. But what I've realized about 2020 that we, we've kind of lost a little bit of our expectation, right? Like, it's hard for us to speak life into our new season, but it's really easy for us to speak negatively in our new season. Like, we'll say things like, well, I can't prophesy into my next season. I'm not a prophet, but we use that same energy to look at our season like something bad is going to happen. And I know I've done it too. I've said this several times. I've said, throw all of 2020 away. Just throw it away. I can't tell you how many times I've said that. I'm like, 2020 is the ghetto. Like, we just got to get out of here. Like, throw it away. Like, it, like we just think like there's, there's no way anything good's going to come in this next four months. Like, like nothing good is going to come from it. And, and we, we don't speak life into our new season. We've been speaking negativity. But I think about what Paul says in Philippians 4, verse 8 to 9. He said, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And he's telling us that you might not be able to control your season. You may not be able to control what happens in this season, but you can control who you're going to be in this season. You can control your perspective. You can control your attitude. You can control who you're going to be in this new season. I get it. None of us planned 2020. Like 2020 was not on our vision board. We, we didn't put pandemic on our vision board. I remember in the beginning of the year, all of us VU girls, we got together and we did like a vision board party. Pastor DC got us together. We had breakfast and it was awesome. And we, we had poster boards and we all brought our favorite magazines. And we're like, all right, we're going to just think about what, what we want for the new year. And I remember sitting there and I'm cutting out different things in the magazine, trying to figure out what I'm going to put on my vision board. And we kind of got to the end of it and I hadn't put anything on the board and somebody handed me something as a joke. It said, my man on it. And so... All that my vision board said, it was all white. Pilar said she handed it to me. And I just put my man right in the middle. You know, it's so funny. God's still working on that. He's still working. But, but literally it said my man and the whole entire thing was just blank. Because I couldn't see what this year was going to bring. I was like, I couldn't see anything else. I couldn't see. I couldn't even think of what to put on my vision board. And now I get it. Because if you described 2020 to me in December 2019, I would be like, what Netflix series is that? Like, when does that come on? Like, when we think about 2020, we're just like, it sounds like a movie. It doesn't even sound real what we're living in. But I believe even in this season where we're hard pressed, even in this season where it's difficult and where it's hard, that we can still learn and we can still hear from God. And as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about the early church because we, we talked about the early church in the beginning of our collection. We talked about who they were. And when I think about the early church, they faced so much persecution. We're not going through anything close to what the early church went through. But in the face of persecution, instead of shrinking back, they grew. The Bible says that they grew in number daily. So, so they had all this pressure on them. They had all this weight on them. But what happened? The gospel spread even further. So I'm thinking, what can we learn from the early church? 
What about the early church was able to take their hardships and turn it into spreading in the, spreading the gospel? I believe we can learn from the early church. And if we look in the New Testament, really the way that the New Testament is broken down, the first four books are the gospels. You have the book of Acts, which is a historical book. And most of the New Testament are what we call epistles. There are letters to the church. And the purpose of these letters were to provide instruction. It was to provide encouragement to to really help the early church make it through. And and as I read these letters, I'm encouraged. And when we see these letters, they they were often written by Paul, but they were written by a few other authors, but they would always have an opening address. It would be addressed from who was writing it and who they were writing to. They often wrote to different areas, Rome, Cappadocia, Galatia, and, and they addressed these different places. And, and we have a little bit more reach than uh, what Paul did because of technology, and we have an opportunity to speak to more people. So I titled this sermon, Dear 2020. To all the people living in 2020, I really want to send this letter to you. See, I love the opening address. I kind of worked on my own. Do you guys want to hear my opening address if I was to write my own letter? So, you know, Paul would often start it like he was real deep. You know, I'm not where Paul is. He was like, I'm a slave to the Lord, you know. Um, but really just me, it's Manushka, just a girl that lives in Miami, a servant of the Lord, writing and, and speaking to all the people living in 2020 via Zoom, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Like that is my opening address. That This is to you. This is to all of you. But I don't want to speak from my own words. But I really want to look to a letter in 2 Peter. I'm really excited. We're going to be studying 1 Peter in just a few weeks as a church, but I really wanted to lean into what Peter is saying in this letter. And I read it in the beginning of the year and it really challenged me. Like this was my 2020 verse. It really describes who I want to be living in this year. And this is what Peter says to the church. He says, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who are called by his own glory and goodness. It says his divine power has given us everything that we need to live a godly life. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, Make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I want to be effective. I want to be productive in my knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I love how it says it in the message version. It says, so do not lose a minute in building on what you've been given, complementing your basic faith with good character, Spiritual understanding, alert discipline, passionate patience, reverent wonder, warm friendliness, and generous love. Each dimension fitting into and developing the others. With these qualities active and growing in your lives, no grass will grow under your feet. No day will pass without its reward as you mature in your experience of our master Jesus. And listen to this last line. Without these qualities, you can't see what's right before you. 
oblivious to your old sinful nature that has been wiped off the books. See, in a year that is teaching us how to see, in, in this year where we're, we're working on our vision, it says without these qualities, you can't see. So dear 2020, to all the people living in 2020, I want to tell you that God still wants to give you vision, that God still wants to develop you. God still wants to work on what's down on the inside of you. God still wants to show you how to see. He wants to develop you. And as Peter is talking about these different things, he gives us seven different qualities that we must possess to grow in our knowledge of knowing Jesus Christ. And I love that it's seven because we've got one for every day, right? Day by day, I can look at one of these qualities and understand that I need to daily be on the journey of trying to figure out how I can gain these qualities. It's not something that will happen overnight. Like, I've realized it. I remember when I first read this, I was just like trying to figure out, I was like, God, like I wanna gain these qualities. It's like, it's a process. It, it's not gonna just happen because you read one verse. It's going to happen over time. And the first thing that Peter talks about, he talks about good character. We have to ask ourselves, what is good character? When I think about good character, I think about integrity. I think about honesty. I think about purity. Peter is saying that we need to possess good character. And it's important. We have to realize who I am in private has to be who I am in public. Like my life has got to match up. I always hear people say this. If a tree falls down in a forest and no one hears it, does it make a sound? I would say yes. You got to ask yourself, if I am mean in private but nice in public, does that make me mean? Yes. We need to make sure that our private life is matching our public life. We got to stop cursing out people in our head. I don't know who that word is for, but we just got to, we got to stop. We got to realize that we want to be the same person through and through. We want to be the same person in and out. I want my life to match. I want to make sure who I say I am is actually who I am. We see oftentimes Jesus would call the Pharisees hypocrites. And, and that word, he was using the word actors because what would happen is the, the Pharisees, they would do all of these things. They, did all, they gave to the poor and they, they gave tithes. They, they did all these things. They fasted, they prayed, but it was their motivation. Jesus like, I don't need you to act the part. I need you to be the part. I don't need you to just act like you have good character. I need you to actually have good character. You need to actually want to be this inside and out. It's not just about what people see. It's not just about our appearances. It's not just appearing like we're living right. It's not enough to just look like we're good. We actually have to be good. In 1 Samuel 16, verse 7, it says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or his height of stature, for I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. That God is looking at our hearts. So, so we need to be in a place where we're saying, I want my heart to be good. I don't want to just appear good. We're living in a day and age where we're okay with just appearing like we look good. Like, like we want our vacation to look good and we care more about that than actually if it is good. Like, like I, I want my relationship to look good, but we don't care about if it's actually good. We need to be in a place where like, yes, it should look good, but I want to not just appear like it's good. I want it to be good. 
I want it to be good. We, we've got to have good character. We could take it a little deeper, not just, just does my private life match my public life, but does my life match Jesus? Does my life actually match what Jesus is calling me to be? I want my life to match. I want my life to look like Jesus. If I call myself a follower of Jesus, if I'm following Jesus, I need to look like Jesus. The second thing that Peter talks about is spiritual understanding. See, it's our job for us to get an understanding of who God is. It is our personal responsibility for us to understand who God is. Where our Sunday experience is not just enough. It has to be more than just what happens here on Sundays. I, I grew up in church and there was a point in time where I realized that everything that I knew about God, I had heard from somebody else. And finally, when I was reading the Bible on my own, I was like, oh, it don't even say that. <laughs> like, my Sunday school teacher just told me that. I was like, that's not even in there. Like, I, I had to get to the point where I was understanding God for myself. Like, thank God for preachers and teachers of the word, but God wants to speak to you. You still have an opportunity to hear from God that we want to get spiritual understanding. Really, as we've been in this collection of talks, talking about day by day, I've been thinking about how I'm spending my time. I've been thinking about how I'm utilizing my time. And really, I felt like God had challenged me. Like I was thinking about the tithe and giving 10% of my income. And I, I do that. But God was like, why don't you give me a 10% of, of your time? So not just of your income, give me a tithe of your time. So we've got 24 hours in the day. I need two hours and 40 minutes. And I'm thinking to myself, I was like, I got to figure out how to give God this time. Dakota's probably impressed with me with my math right now. I know that. It's like, how'd you figure that out? I want to do, whether it's doing an hour and 20 minutes on the front end or an hour and 20 minutes on the back end, I want to give a tithe of my time. I want to make sure that I'm giving my time back to God. He has freely given me this time. I want to figure out how I can do it. Because I, I can spend my time doing all kinds of stuff. I can spend my time watching movies and Instagram and all of this, but I want to make time for God. Because when we make time for God, he can speak to us. When we make time for God, we can get revelation. We can understand the mysteries of God. We, we need to have spiritual understanding. The third thing that Peter talks about is alert discipline. Alert discipline. Another word for alert discipline is self-control. And as I'm looking at all these different qualities that Peter is talking about, we realize that one thing really builds on the other. Because I can't have self-control unless I have a spiritual understanding of what God wants me to control. And I can't have self-control unless I have good character enough to say I actually need to be disciplined in this area. And when it comes to self-control, I've learned that I can't control self because self is usually the person that gets me in the mess. I can't help to have self-control without the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit's help to have self-control, to learn alert discipline. I love that it says alert discipline because we have to be watchful. In the areas that we want to discipline ourselves, in the areas that we need self-control, we need to be watchful. It's really important that we do not allow access to, to the things that we need to have self-control over. Because sometimes we make it easy for things that we're trying to control to have access to us. So it's just like, oh, I got to spend less time on Instagram. Delete it. Or, or I, can't, I shouldn't do this. Like, make sure that it's so far away from you that, you that it can't 
access you, that, that it shouldn't be able to access who you are. You, you need to make it hard for the thing that you need control over to access you. We need alert discipline. About two, summer, two summers ago, I was obsessed with Simply Lemonade. Like, I would bring it to barbecues and parties because I wasn't sure if people was going to have my favorite drink. So I was like, I got to bring it myself. It's two for four at Target. I'll just grab it. And at some point in that year, I was like, I got to cut down some sh-. Like, I was just consuming so much. I was like, I got to cut down on some sugars. I was trying to live right and, and be healthy. So I told myself, all right, I am not going to drink Simply Lemonade. Yeah. And what did I have to do? I had to stop buying Simply Lemonade. Right. I, had to, I had to, if it's in my fridge, I'm going to drink it. I had to stop buying it. And then quarantine rolled around and I was doing some shopping, picking up some things. I'm at the Target line and and I see it. It's two for four again. And I said to myself, I was like, I don't know. We're going to be locked in the house. I'm going to get it just in case. I was like, I'm going to get it, but I'm not going to drink it. Right. It's like, I'm going to get it. But just in case something happens, I don't know what's going on in the world. I just need to have it as security. So, so, so I bought it. I put it in my fridge. I went, I went about a month where I didn't touch it. And then there was just one day, you know, I was bored in the house, in the house bored, and I was just like, I was like, okay, let me, I was like, I'm going to just grab this sip. I was, just, I was like, I'm going to just take a cup, just, just take a little sip. And then that sip turned into a glass, and that glass turned into the entire thing, and then I'm at Target again, and I realized it had a watermelon flavor. It's fire. If you haven't tried Simply Lemonade with watermelon... <laughs> It's good. And, 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 and really, I had this revelation. I was like, it's so crazy how we allow a, a season to shift the disciplines that we have. That, that we step into a season and we've given up something, but we've let that season really derail us from our discipline. That, that we've let a season take away things that, that it's undoing work that we've already done. That, that we need alert discipline. If I say that I'm going to be controlled in the area, I need to make it hard for that thing to ever get near me. I need alert discipline. Peter also talks about passionate patience. Passionate patience. James Clear says this, the most overlooked and unappreciated growth strategy is patience. Right? A lot of us, we, we're growth driven. We want to see things grow. We want to see our businesses grow. We, we want to see all these different areas of our lives grow, but we want it to happen really fast. Like, like we want it to happen overnight, but we overlook that there are certain things that we can never do outside of time. There's certain things that we can never accomplish until we wait for it. There's certain things that we just have to give it some time that we need to be passionately patient. Like if God has given you a promise, can you wait passionately? Can you wait with the same passion that you had when God gave you the promise? Can you still have that patience? Because what happens is we'll wake up in the morning it's like, God still didn't do this for me yet. He, he still didn't do it. it, still hasn't come to pass. But the way that we can look at it is I could wake up every morning and say, I'm one day closer to what God has for me. That I'm one day closer to my breakthrough. I'm one day closer to my healing. I want to wake up with a passionate patience that says, I'm one day closer. I'm not looking at it like I can't believe that God hasn't done it. I'm like, I can't wait till God does it. I want to wait for God with the same passion that I had when he gave me the promise. In 2 Peter, he says this towards the end of his letter. He says, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends. 
With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow to keeping his promise as some of you see slowness. Instead, he is patient with you. God is patient with you. The the reason why you haven't seen the promise is not because God's slow to keeping his promise. It's not because God has changed his mind, but he is patient with you. He's patient with you. He's waiting for the right time. Because what we do is we look at God's promises from the same lens that we look at human promises, right? Because there's some people who probably have made you a promise, who promised you an opportunity or a relationship or a job or something, and they went back on their word and, and they changed their mind. But God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. God has not changed his mind about you. God is still for you. Dear people of 2020, to all the people of 2020, the promise still stands what God has for you is for you that you can just wait on God with some passion because he is going to come through for you there is no doubt in my mind that the promises that God has stated will come to pass I wait with passionate patience because I know who my God is I've seen him do it and I know he will do it again we wait on the Lord with passionate patience We wait with passionate patience. The fifth thing that Peter talks about is reverent wonder. Reverent wonder. And I think this is so important in the year that we're living in because some of us have lost our wonder. Some of us has lost our wonder. We don't get to meet physically at church and we don't have the opportunity to see people face to face. So, so we have lost our wonder for God because we've been displaced from what we normally see. And I hear this all the time where people are just like, I feel disconnected. I, it's hard for me to connect with church online. And, and we, we've had a hard time to, to figure out how we're navigating through this season. But if we keep our wonder for God, If we keep this childlike amazement, even if we're in a season where we have to watch church via via Zoom, we can still have this wonder for God. See, what I've learned is that how I view God is how I will respond to God. How I view God is how I will worship God. So, so if I'm not viewing God with a level of wonder, things become mundane and, and things become stale and I don't feel like doing this and I don't feel like praying and I don't feel like watching church because church is not in person and I don't feel like going to crew because Zoom is really hard and I'm really, I'm tired of this and I'm tired of that. But we're in this season where we can still keep our level of wonder. Yes, things look different, but our God has not changed. He's still the same, that I want to have that reverent wonder. David says this in Psalms 36. He says, God's love is meteoric. His loyalty is astronomic. His purpose, titanic. His verdicts are oceanic. Yet in his largeness, nothing gets lost. Not a man, not a mouse slips through the cracks. You serve a big God, the God who made the sun, the moon, and the stars, but he still cares about you individually. I don't want to lose my wonder. In a year that has tried to steal our joy and steal our wonder, I don't want to lose my wonder. I still want to find my wonder in who God is. Peter also talks about warm friendliness. Having warm friendliness, this is known as brotherly love. 
And I think that it's so important for us to understand what brotherly love is because it's a special type of bond. It's a special type of bond. It's this brotherhood, this sisterhood, this community kind of love. And we don't have to grow cold in this season. We can keep our warm friendliness. We are a family. We are here to build each other up. We're here to reach out and to reach up to people who are in need. We're called to warm friendliness. I think that's been so important for me in this season when when the pandemic and the quarantine first started. I had a group of friends and we made a decision. We're going to get on a call every single Tuesday night. And, and we got on the first call, and really, I think the first time we got on this call, because we were just feeling a little anxious, we, we weren't sure what the season was going to hold, and we ended up talking till like 4 a.m., and we're like, we're going to do this every single week. We're going to talk to each other. We're going to pray at the end of this call, no matter what the conversation's like, because not all my friends are saved, but at the end of the call, we, we never end this call without just prayer. And it's, it's been fun to see, like, like, I won't even say it, but somebody's like, oh, no, no we got to pray before we end. I was like, that's awesome. I love that. We want to make sure that we are finding people that need warm friendliness. Ask yourself this question. Who have you disconnected with in this season that you need to connect with? Who have you disconnected with? Because oftentimes we're like, well, they, they ain't text me, so I'm waiting for them to text me. Like, you text them first. Like, I text them, they ain't text back. Just text them again. Like, like we want to be people who are showing warm friendliness, that we don't want to lose our brotherly love in this season, that there are people who need to connect with you. There are people who need your brotherhood and your sisterhood. We want to keep warm friendliness. That's what people need to see in the church, that I'm going to reach out to people. I'm going to continue to show love no matter what the season looks like. And the last thing that Peter talks about is generous love. And this is known as agape love, and it's different than the brotherly love. This is a covenant love. This is a sacrificial love. It is giving to the point of sacrifice. And we see that Jesus modeled this in the way that he cared for people. Jesus modeled this with the the, the times that we see that he's washing people's feet or the time that we see Jesus hanging out with the sinners and hanging out with the poor. Jesus is showing agape love. He is showing this covenant, this sacrificial love. Agape love is about action. Agape love is an action type of love. Mark 12 verse 28 to 31. Someone's asking Jesus a question. It says, one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, and all your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater commandment than these. And this word love is this agape love. And I've realized when it comes to our our spiritual growth, it's a process that we're learning how to love. Like it starts us at good character, but it should lead us to love. 
It should lead us to this agape love, this sacrificial, this giving love. Jesus proved this. Romans 5 verse 8 says, but God demonstrates in his love that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I can tell you that if Jesus walked the earth and all he did was tell people that he loved him, I don't know if we would be here today. If all he did was say, oh, well, I, lo I love you, I love you, I love you, but never did a thing to show it, we would question, does he really love us? Does he really love? The reason why we serve Jesus today, the reason why the gospel was able to spread is because they saw Jesus' love through action. The early church knew that they were serving a God who loved through action so that even when they faced persecution, even when they faced hard times, it's like, well, I know, I, know it's, I serve a God of agape love. I know I serve a God that has proven his love to me, his unconditional love. And this is what we want to be led to. We want to be led to a place where we look like Jesus where we act like Jesus, where we can show agape love. I can tell you now more than ever that people need us. Dear 2020, dear people living in 2020, people need the church. People need men and women who will daily work on their character and daily work on habits to become like Christ-like so that people can get a representation of a savior. People need the church. They, they need you. Dear people of 2020, I know this year has been rough. I know this year has been hard. I, I know that we faced so many different things, but you are needed. There's a reason why we live in this year, in this time. You're not living in 2020 by accident. You're not living in this year by accident. You're living in this year because God wants to use you. You're living in this year because there's a purpose over your life, because there's something that you have to do on this earth and it needs you. God needs you. We see with the early church that the method that Jesus uses is men and women, ordinary people. There's one verse in the Bible that it said that they could tell that they had been with Jesus because they were unschooled and ordinary men. There was nothing special about them. There was nothing cool. There was nothing great about them. The only thing that they could recognize is that they had been with Jesus. And our desire is that people would look at us and they would say, you've been with Jesus. I can tell that you've been with Jesus. I can tell that you've been working on some things. I can tell that you didn't let this year push you away from God, but you've allowed it to pull you closer. And it may be September, but it's not too late. It doesn't matter how much time we have left in the year. The beautiful thing about God is that we have the opportunity to step into his love and to step into his promises. That they are always available to us. That they're always open to us. That his promises are always open and readily available to us. Dear people of 2020, God's promise still stands for your life. Dear people of 2020 who have felt like you need to give up, that you felt like throwing in the towel, that things have gotten really hard and really confusing in your, in your family, I just want to tell you that God is still with you. God is still for you. He still loves you. He has not forgotten about you. God is not slow to his promises as some of us see slowness, but he is patient with you. 
He's patient with you. I love the song that we're singing. We're saying great is his faithfulness and that I put my faith in Jesus. He's my anchor. That no matter what comes, no, no matter what goes, no matter what the season looks like, that I know that I'm anchored to a faith that is greater than me, that I'm anchored to something that is greater than my own strength, that my strength doesn't rely in who I am, but it relies in who he is, that I'm putting my faith in Jesus. I'm putting all my eggs in one basket and his name is Jesus. That's where my trust is going to go. That's where my trust is going to be. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with friends. It helps so much. For more content from VU and to connect with us, go to vuchurch.com. We love you. The best is yet to come.